another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm coming to you live right after Bayern Munich's big 5-3 victory over Arbe Leipzig in the DFL Super Cup. What a match. Uh, when you talk about wild swings of emotion and craziness, what a way to start the season. Uh, Bayern looked absolutely dominant in the first half, got a little lax dates goal in the second half, let Leipzig back into the match, and Leipzig doing what they have done so many other times before in the Bundesliga against German teams, uh, showed some perseverance and were able to battle back and really make it an exciting match. Uh, so big victory for Bayern over a tough competitor. It shows that both teams have a lot to build from in terms of working from this game, but both teams have a hell of a lot of potential. So let's dive right into it. Let's work our way through how the match played out. And of course, Bayern Munich with a, what to me was a surprising starting lineup, um, really set the tone for this one. So let's walk through that first because it truly was a, a bit of a surprise. So we had Manuel Neuer, of course, in net. Defensively, we had Dio Upamakano, Benjamin Pavar, Luger Hernandez, and Alfonso Davies. In the midfield, there was Marcel Sabitzer and Joshua Kimmich. Uh, and in the attack, and it was a little bit variable how this worked, but uh, they had Serge Gnabry, Sadio Mane, Thomas Muller, and Jamal Musiala. And Musiala was the key there because I'm not sure many people expected him to start today. And when he did, uh, he was immediately uh, Bayern Munich's best player and arguably the most explosive player in the match. He was definitely the most impactful. So, uh a little bit of a shock there to start things, but Julian Nagelsmann clearly had pushed the right buttons because Bayern Munich came out on fire. And we'll t- take a look at how things played out from the get-go there. So early on, it was a little bit of back and forth. Uh, Bayern was definitely trying to feel itself out and get comfortable. The formation and positions really seemed to be floating at times. It did not seem like anyone in the attack really had a designated position. Although if you had to point at one, it definitely seemed like Musiala was more toward the center of the pitch. And we'll talk about why that was key a little bit later on. But at different times, we saw Gnabry and Mane and Muller all kind of floating around all over. So it definitely will keep the opposition on its toes if Byron can can continue to do this and continue to do it effectively. But uh, there were also some downsides to that, which we'll talk about later in the game. But anyway, we get to the 14th minute, finally, after some choppy play back and forth. Jamal Musiala takes advantage of, uh, I guess, some mistake-prone play by Leipzig in their own end. He deposits a goal into the net, makes it 1-0. Musiala's already off to a flying start. And then we got to the, oh, I guess I should mention this, too. In the 17th minute, Leipzig did answer right back. But it was a goal that was disallowed as uh, Christopher Nkunku was offside. And offside was a little bit of a theme for Nkunku in this match. He uh, went off several times. His positioning was not great. But I'm sure that had to deal with Domenico Tedesco and his staff identifying something in the Byron back line that told them that Nkunku would be able to split the center backs and be able to beat them if he could get a good jump on things. And unfortunately for Leipzig, Nkunku's jumps were just a little too good because he went offside quite a few times or offside quite a few times. Uh, in the 31st minute, Sadio Mane put himself on the score sheet and he did so with just a wonderful play that uh, really was fantastic in terms of how it started. It was a series of one-touch passes with Thomas Muller, 
Jamal Musiala, Serge Gnabry, and then ultimately the ball getting to Mane, who was able to get that second goal to make it 2 nothing in the 31st minute. Uh, just a great play. And it really looked like by this point, Byron's attack was in sync. The team was absolutely relentless in keeping the pressure on Leipzig. And the field really did seem tilted at that point. And it got even worse for Leipzig because in the 45th minute, Musiala, just clearly the man of the match to me, set up Benjamin Pavar for another Byron goal to make it 3-0 right before halftime. And if you were a Byron fan, you had to be rolling at that point. You had to love the way the team was playing. It was exciting. There was a lot of movement. Byron was aggressive. And they looked great. And it's not to say they didn't look great after halftime. But uh, things did cool off a bit. Byron got a little bit sloppy. And... Arbe Leipzig put themselves back into the match. Uh, part of the reason the match started to turn was that Danny Almo and Andre Silva came on for Kevin Campbell and Emil Forsberg, respectively. Those two players just brought a little bit different of a dynamic onto the pitch for Arbe Leipzig. And just seven minutes later, it resulted in a goal from Marcel Halstenberg, who rose up in the box to get to an aerial ball, was able to head it uh, past Manuel Neuer, who... Really, there was nothing Neuer could do on that. It was perfect placement by Haustenberg, even if he probably didn't mean to put it where he did. Uh, Neuer was really left out to dry. Nothing he could do on it. Haustenberg did get up over Pavar on that for the aerial ball. So that's something to keep note of. Uh, but otherwise, if you, I could sidetrack on Pavar. I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was bad in the game. I think he had a couple of mistakes that, that, obviously hurt the team on the score sheet but overall especially in the first half yeah, I thought he was pretty good uh in the 60th minute we did see Kingsley come on come on for Musiala and at that point despite how good Coman is Musiala was was tremendous uh but there was a drop off once that happened uh 64th minute we did see Joshua Kimmich pick up a yellow card um at this point <clears throat> Byron I would say started to gamble a little bit they started to get sloppy in the midfield and on defense, and the attackers started to, for lack of a better word, cherry pick a bit. Uh, the focus on defense wasn't quite there, and the game started to open up. But even with that, Serge Gnabry was able to take advantage of a rebound off of a Thomas Muller shot, put the ball into the back of the net to give Byron a 4-1 lead in the 66th, 66th minute. But from there, things did start to unravel a bit for Bayern Munich, in the 68th minute, Ryan Gravenberg came on for Thomas Muller. Again, when you take Muller off the pitch, the lack of focus was really evident. And I think that played a part in why Byron fell apart. Uh, the 71st minute, we did see uh, a goal disallowed. Sadio Mane was offside. Mane, much like in Kunku, uh, had some good runs, had some really good anticipation. Sometimes it was too good as he found himself offside a couple of times as well, especially uh, twice in goal scoring opportunities. So a uh, little disappointing from that standpoint, but that will come with chemistry and I'm sure Mane will adjust and the players will adjust to him and things will work out. Uh, 73rd minute, we saw Luca Hernandez pick up a yellow card. 76th minute, Benjamin Pavar picked up a yellow card. But in the 77th minute, after the Pavar tripping yellow card, uh, which set up Chris Truffer and Kunku for a penalty kick. And Kunku was able to deposit that into the back of the net, make it 4 2. 
it was really a reckless challenge from Pavar. Uh, probably not necessary. And like I said, up to that point, I thought he was having a really good game. And I know a lot of people will rag on him after that because it was an unnecessary penalty and it ultimately could have hurt the team. But it was, in my mind, a step forward for, for how he played for the most part. Just some some bad decision making right there. And, you know, if, you know, being fair here, Pavar has to be better than that. He can't make that kind of mistake at that stage of the game. Even if your team's leading 4-1, it was not a risk worth taking. And Pavar ultimately did hurt the team right there. So 77th minute, we are at 4-2 after that. Leroy Sané comes in for Serge Gnabry. Matisse Delight, Delict came in for Dio Upamakano. Uh, and it was kind of interesting at that point because, as I had previously said, the focus really wasn't quite there. And then when the subs came in, there was really a lack of cohesion. Uh, it seemed like there was just not a a strong sense of chemistry on the pitch. We also saw Nusar Mizrahi come on for Pavar. So there was just, um, it looked like there were 11 bodies out there, but didn't look like there were 11 bodies playing together. 87th minute, we saw Leroy Sané pick up a yellow card. And just two minutes later, Danny Olmo made it a 4-3 match and really made it interesting. 89th minute, just a, a really nice goal from Almo as, as as at this point Leipzig was taking advantage of the sloppiness on Bayern's end. And and, and I will say, I, I do think the attackers just started to cherry pick. They just started to look for goals. They weren't really concerned with defensive responsibilities. Felt like the midfield got up a little too high as well. It really put uh, a group of defenders in a tough spot because these defenders had not all played together, not just in this game, but barely at all in the preseason. So it was tough. It was a tough spot. And at this point, I think some Byron fans got a little nervous. If you were a Leipzig fan, you were definitely getting excited. Uh, but from there, uh, we actually got to the seventh minute of extra time. Neuer was booked with a yellow card. It was a set piece that went in. Uh, Byron played the ball out and Leroy Sané found himself in a 1v1. He was able to beat the defender and then ultimately beat Peter Galashi and make it a 5-3 match. That's how the game would end. Uh, very exciting. Very thrilling. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But uh, I think if you're a Byron fan, you look at this and you say this, all those things. You say it was exciting. It was fun. Uh, but at the end of the day, the team did lose some focus. They definitely uh, did not look as in sync at the end. So while it was disappointing to see how the game ended, you have to come away with it thinking it was fun. It was a win. And there's a lot to build from in this. You saw a lot of the good things that this Bayern Munich team will be capable of, but you also saw what can happen if too many pieces are switched out. So knowing all of that and looking at how this all played out. You have to look at a couple of things. One, Jamal Musiala was absolutely terrific. I don't know how, if you're Julian Nagelsmann, you're going to be able to look at that kid and put him on the bench. Now, that is saying a lot because you have so much talent here. Uh, I personally have been campaigning to see Musiala and Muller together on the pitch, typically with Musiala as a wing. I think that would be a really just a fantastic setup for Bayern Munich. I think Musiala has been the team's best wing for quite a bit in terms of production and impact. Uh, it says I'm not trying to take anything away from Kingsley Coman, who I'd say has been the second best wing, but Musiala is consistently 
impacting games. And that's something that I don't think we've seen uh, over long stretches from players like Serge Gnabry and Leroy Sané. So uh, with that, I think Nagelsmann, however he lines these guys up, whether it's a 4-2-2-2, whether it's a 5 or 3-5-2 or a 4-3-3 or 3-4-2-1 or or a 4-2-3-1, however he's going to do it, he's going to have to find a way to get Musiala on the pitch. And to me last year when there was all this talk about making Musiala a 6 or even an 8, I kind of rolled my eyes at it, not because he couldn't do it, because he clearly could, but why would you take his best asset, his attacking and his creativity, and put it further away from the goal? I think that the way he operates, how silky smooth he is in in dribbling through the box, how he sees the field, how he's able to create offense for himself and his teammates, it's way too valuable to have sitting further back in the formation. I think Musiala is going to push Nagelsmann to have to make some tough calls. And if you listen to the weekend warm-up podcast, this is one of those scenarios that I was talking about. With Musiala being so good, one or two of those high-priced wingers are always going to find themselves on the bench. And I guess if you're a Bayern fan, you could say, all right, well, one or two of them is they're probably going to be injured every week. So it's not an issue. That's might be true. But in the end right now, if you're trying to put the best team out there, you're putting Jamal Musiala out there, probably putting Sadio Mane out there. And, and if you're running any type of formation with wings, that means, um, you know, players like, uh, you know, Serge Gnabry and Leroy Sané could could be on the bench. Now, with the way things are working, if they had a conventional back four, you would say, well, Mane will be the striker. That means you probably would have Musiala and Coman as as your, your front three attacking with Muller sitting right behind them. So there are a lot of options. There's a lot of variability. But in the end, Nagelsmann's going to have to make some tough calls because I truly believe that Musiala is going to continue to push the pace continue to fight for a starting spot. And I think it's one that he absolutely deserves. Uh, Another thing that I took out of this is that Thomas Muller is uh, turning into the Bavarian T-1000. He is able to mold himself and and slink around into different spots within the formation, different areas of the pitch. Like he's always done, but be so effective. And it's just disruptive to the opposition. And when Wayne Muller was able to move around and do that, I thought while he didn't score today, he was extremely effective. He was a big part of what Bayern Munich was doing. And I thought that he had one of the best games out on the pitch. I would have liked to have seen him stay on a bit longer, but I understand first game of the season, really. Nagelsmann wants to keep Muller fresh. One way to do that is to get him out of games a little bit earlier. Uh, But it was a, a clear drop in focus and performance when Muller left the match. And that's something that cannot be discounted. Not only is he one of the team leaders, if not the team leader, uh, he is out there always commanding. He knows the game plans. He knows what Nagelsmann wants to execute. He is basically the backup for everyone because when they forget what they're doing, he knows and he will tell them what to do. So even at times like we saw today when the forwards got a little bit too high at the end of the game, when the midfielders... Uh, maybe he got a little too high as well. He would be there to try and get that all back together. When he came off, it did fall apart. And that's something to, to keep an eye on because if there was an injury to Muller or if Nagelsmann decides to go in a different direction with his starting lineup and Muller ends up on the bench, like we've seen some other coaches do in the past, uh, I think that would definitely have an adverse effect on Bayern Munich. 
as far as those variable formations and how players were aligned go, it, it kept Leipzig guessing in the first half. Leipzig looked like it was grasping at straws, trying to figure out what was going on. The second half, they had a much better idea how to deal with it, but they also had the advantage of Byron making substitutions. They had the advantage of Byron's players absolutely losing their focus and then just starting to, to look for goals. And we've seen that happen in the past, but maybe not quite to the point where it started to become uh, a firing range on Neuer and and putting the, the the back line in so many bad positions like, like happened in the second half of the match. So uh, another thing to keep an eye on, because I think as the subs came in and as things changed, it became harder for Byron to remain dangerous. And I think it's very key that as much as these guys want to score and as much as they want to pile it on when they can, this was probably not a match and probably not a team uh, that you could do that against because Leipzig, one, is is very talented. Two, they're very deep. And three, they really wanted this match. You have to remember, they're coming off of winning the DFA Pokal. They are a team that many consider to be on the rise, one that could potentially compete with Bayern Munich for a Bundesliga title. And I felt like that loss of focus, it showed a little bit about the mentality of the players that were on at the time, what they were looking to do. And uh, to me, it was a little bit disappointing, but I'm not going to let that uh, ruin what was otherwise a very fun and exciting match. Um, But my biggest takeaway, if anything, and it's something I touched on in the weekend warm-up podcast, is there are plenty of reasons to be excited. And if you didn't watch this game and come away thinking, damn, this team could be really good. Um, then there's probably something wrong with you and how you enjoy things. Um, Sure, there were a lot of mistakes toward the end. There were a lot of things that went wrong. And there were a lot of players I felt like just lost their focus, like I've said several times. But if you want to look at the overall picture and how this team came out, how they responded to having a, a choppy first couple of minutes, and then how they dominated the rest of that first half, you had to be impressed. There are absolutely great players on this team and and as we've been saying around bfw for a while now it's going to really depend on how those players are used by nagelsman how they're set up but also how they mesh and i think we got a great example of what happens when you take that glue player like thomas muller off of the pitch and you take away that dangerous option like jamal musiala when i look at musiala's game and i know i've talked about him a lot but i came away so impressed the way he was able to turn in the midfield when receiving the ball, it was like an instant fast break, if you want to use a basketball term. He was able to so smoothly and seamlessly turn and and make like life difficult for the Leipzig midfield and defense that it just gave Bayern this whole new element to their attack. So I'm excited about the possibility of Nagelsmann finally realizing that Musiala should be in the starting 11 every game. I'm super excited about the possibility of Musiala and Muller just terrorizing defenses all across Europe uh, within the coming weeks. And I'm a little bit excited about what I saw from some of the players. I really liked what I saw from Marcel Sabitzer today. Again, like he didn't make a lot of mistakes. He didn't do a whole lot, but that's exactly what you want out of him right now. He put himself in some good positions. He made some good plays. He definitely saved Manuel Neuer's bacon at the beginning of the match when Neuer was was out of position and uh, Sabitzer was able to make a nice play and track him back and and get a ball out instead of what easily could have been a goal for Leipzig. Um, And I thought Pavar was, was on his way to having a really good match up until 
the sloppiness at the end there. So there were a lot of good things that I think you could take away from it. A lot of reasons to be excited. And hey, I, I couldn't ask for much more out of this match. It was a lot of fun to watch. If you were going to take your Saturday afternoon on the East Coast in the U.S. and you were going to watch something, this was a good way to do it. Now, you know, a lot of times on weekend afternoons, I'm either out with my kids somewhere or I'm doing something in the yard. Generally, I'm outside. So for me to to come in, watch the match, and, and devote the time to it, I'm glad it worked out that way because when you are used to being outside and then you come inside on a nice day and, you know, you see a choppy effort by Byron or, or just a dull game, it makes you feel like, man, I should have just stayed outside. But this was not like that. This was fun. It was exciting. And it was a, it was a thrill ride from start to finish. So 5-3 victory, Bayern Munich over RB Leipzig in the DFL Super Cup. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hey, this is we are down to our last day here also with the uh, uh, World Soccer Talk Best Club podcast voting. So if you have not gotten out and voted for that, please do. We appreciate the support. We've got a little bit of a lead right now, but we could use every single vote. So we did want to did want to really shoehorn that one in before I signed off. But I know you guys have been great with supporting us, and, and we really do thank you for that. Again, this has been Chuck Smith. You can always get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Tom at Tommy Adam seventy one. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. And you can get our cast of characters like Swaz, Schnitzel, uh, Teddy, uh, Fergus has been doing podcasts. So there's a, a ton of people now that are in the mix. Uh, you know. Check them out on the site. Keep checking the site. We'll have all of our great post-game coverage, observations, awards. We'll also have coverage of the reactions after the match. So keep hitting up BFW. We appreciate it. And we will see you next time.